there, I'm Tony Potts, host of the Real Estate Masters Virtual Summit. Have you always wanted to own and invest in real estate, but didn't know where to start? Are you struggling to close your first deal? Or maybe you are a seasoned real estate agent trying to break the $100 million ceiling? Which stage of your real estate career are you in? Our experts will be the guide for you to master your journey and build off their success. 42 of the world's very best titans of real estate to guide you to prosperity. Now, whether you're a realtor, passive investor, multifamily syndicator, work with distressed properties, luxury property, commercial real estate, legal, financing, and more, if you're involved in real estate, we have exactly what you need to take your game to new heights. Hi, everybody. We're back with episode number two of the Real Estate Master Summit podcast. I'm Damian Cole. And today we have Cody Laughlin and Brian Alfaro, two of the partners of Blue Oak Capital over there in Houston, Texas. They are uh, specializing in multi-unit, multi-family rentals, apartment buildings. And uh, Cody has been doing real estate since 2010 and he started doing multifamily in 2019. So this is a really good podcast. You can learn a lot from this one. Okay, let's go. Here we are with the Real Estate Master Summit podcast. We have Cody Laughlin and Brian Alfaro. We are talking about real estate. So Cody, the managing partner of Blue Oak Capital. He's a registered registered nurse, owns 240 units across Texas, Tennessee, and Kansas. Three great, great states. Um, Acquired his first tenant in 2010, accidentally. I guess he could tell you that story. And and now he's doing primarily multifamily, and he'll tell you why he likes doing that. And uh, and we have Brian Alfaro, the managing partner at Blue Oak Capital. He's joining us. Uh, you you guys are in Texas right now, huh? Nice. How's Texas going? Hot. It's getting hot. <laughs> it's getting hot. Yeah, a lot of Californians moving to Texas right now. Oh yeah, we know yeah. that all too well. Yeah. Have you, have you uh, done any business with any Californians coming in? Uh, I would say Cody would could speak very intimately about um, our competitions on assets, probably bidding wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's our level of relationship right now with a lot of the East and West Coast money is butting up against them versus uh, working with them. But uh, we've got a lot of great relationships all across. So nice. Yeah. Nice. So. Cody, I have a bunch of things I want to ask you, man. I, I'm I'm really interested in the the mindset you got going on and the 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 time you're saving doing the uh, the multifamily stuff instead of flipping, instead of having one unit for you know one family. And so, tell me uh, tell me a little bit about that if you could. Yeah, yeah. So my backstory started, you know back when I started my W-2 career in 2008 and, you know, had a very traditional upbringing, right? Had two working class parents, believed in education. So, you know, just followed 
the script that I was taught my entire life, go to school, make good grades, go to college, get a good job. So did just that, started my W-2 career 2008, moved here to Houston. My wife and I uh, had just got married that same year. We bought our first starter home in the east side of Houston. And, um, you know, I thought I was on the American dream, right? So my, my career path was going to be pursue uh, a, a career ladder in, in healthcare. And in 2008, 2010, if everybody recalls, that's in the heart of the Great Recession, right? And the financial crisis and the housing crisis. And uh, I, was, I was observing what was going on. I was like, man, this, this doesn't make sense. Like I was watching people that were nearing retirement age that were having all of their retirement assets just decimated. And I was like, man, there's got to be a better way. So I started studying on how to invest in retirement accounts, how to invest in stocks. And 2010 comes and my wife decides that we want to move to a different part of Houston. And so we ended up um, relocating to a different part of Houston. We purchased a new home and unfortunately couldn't sell our first home. And we were in a bind because we couldn't afford to pay two mortgages. I mean, we're barely out of college, you know, two years out into our careers. And uh, we ultimately had to stick a tenant in, in that home and, um, you know, just to cover the mortgage. And we're like, look, we'll figure it out later. Let's just cover the mortgage and we'll figure it out. And around that time, again, I'm studying how to invest in stock market, st studying uh, how to invest in retirement accounts. And somebody says, hey, have you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad? And uh, I was like, no, don't even know what that is. And so read it. And now I jokingly call it the purple Bible because it's probably impacted most of our lives in the real estate space. Right. But I uh, read that book and like a light bulb went off. I was like, oh, my God, there it is. You know, like complete paradigm shift in, in everything that I was uh, aiming for. So switched the focus from trying to go up the corporate healthcare ladder to uh, becoming a real estate entrepreneur. And that's what really led me down this path. And so over the past decade, I've been pursuing real estate entrepreneurship, real estate investing. I have taken some detours along the way. Um, I did pursue some other business ventures that were non-real estate related that uh, I did get distracted with. And through those experiences, learned a lot of expensive lessons along the way. Uh, but, uh, you know, ultimately what happened is, is it, it helped me to be more focused now in our uh, in our thesis and our investment strategy when it comes to multifamily. So, um, but I did start with single family flips. I tried doing a little bit of wholesaling for a brief period of time. And what I realized very quickly, it was becoming another job. It wasn't, um, it wasn't truly investing, right? It was just, it was just a lot of time and effort and the return on that time and effort was just so small. And I was like, man, this is a really hard model to scale. And for me, the whole point of going down this path was, to kind of gain not only that financial independence, but really gain my time back. I'm a father, I'm a husband, I have three children, uh, two of her a little bit younger. I wanna be able to allocate those the time to them on my own terms, right? And so I didn't see that being a fit in the single family space. And so that was the transition to multifamily, made that change in 2019. And you know, really started from nothing, didn't have any network experience, no liquidity, um, so really had to build the infrastructure of our business from scratch, but along the way, met our first partner, John, uh, met Brian midway last year. And, uh, you know, we've just been really just growing ever since and just making a lot of big things happen. So, uh, long-winded answer to your question. I apologize, but that's, that's my story. It's awesome, man. Yeah. Time is, time is more valuable than money. I mean, nowadays, like. 
if yeah trading your hours for money it's it's rarely worth it you know mm-hmm. you know yeah i agree so yeah scaling man that's what it's all about right yeah, absolutely. Again, I think if you, you know, those of you who spent any time in the single family space, Brian, Brian knows he, he spent some time there too. It's again, you know, when you're dealing with one tenant, one house, one roof, one loan, and you're trying to duplicate that, that becomes such a harder model to scale versus if you have 10, you know, 20, 100 units under one roof or a couple of roofs under one loan, you know, that it just allows you to to more efficiently grow your business when you when you can consolidate as many units under one asset um, as a whole and so I know it's hard for certain people to to kind of wrap their head around that they think oh if it's just one single family home that's easier to deal with versus a hundred unit apartment complex but it's actually quite the opposite and again that that was learned through some hard lessons along the way so <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah but you know. The easy way, you, you don't get, you know, you're not getting the, the benefit. Like, you take the easy way on something, it's not, it's not, you know, everybody could do it, you know. So why do that? You know? There is no easy way. Let <laughs> me just throw that out there. <laughs> there there is no easy way. Yeah, yeah. You know, listen, I think it's a, it's a tough business. It's a tough industry. Entrepreneurship in general is difficult, right? No matter what avenue you're pursuing. Yeah. Um, it is difficult. But I think if you're, if you're willing to be patient, if you're willing to put in the work, if you're willing to make mistakes and learn from those mistakes, uh, that's where you find success. So and as, as you mentioned, I mean, if it were easy, everybody would be doing it, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And another thing you're doing, you have like a property management team, right? That just, so that's even more hands off for you, right? That's, I mean, if you're going to do it, go, go all the way, right? Well, we don't know. We're, we're not at economies of scale to where we have our, our property management team. I think our long-term vision would maybe to become vertically integrated. Brian uh, is, is definitely, you know, our partner that's more intrigued by the asset management, I would say. And uh, I think that's a long-term vision, but not quite there yet. Okay. But it, it makes sense. I mean, it does make sense when you can pull that in-house and have that control um, as you scale. Okay. Yeah. So what's the smallest unit building you're working with right now? So we're currently co-sponsoring a 240 unit deal here in Houston, Texas. Uh, we, we're uh, one of the co-sponsors in that deal. Um, and then I'm a passive investor in 128 units as well. So that's, that's the extent of our portfolio. Okay. And if people, uh, your Blue Oak Capital, uh, if people want to invest with you, how do they... How do they get involved with you? And, and Man, I love it right out the gate. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you can check us out at www.blueoakinvest.com forward slash Y real estate. Make sure to download our uh, free real estate investing guide and then make sure to get connected with Brian and our, myself at uh, Cody and Brian at blueoakinvest.com. Yep. Yep. And then how, what does that entail? They, they become a, uh, part property owner or how does that work actually say if i wanted to i had fifty thousand. i wanted to invest with you guys i I like the way you guys do business i want to invest what how would that what would that entail 
Yeah, so our business model is uh, derived from creating joint venture or syndication structures. You know, we're looking at assets that are typically ranging from about 75 to 200 units. So um, we're pooling resources together, right, to, to take down these bigger deals. And so, you know, Brian, John, our third partner, and a few other of our uh, partners we have good relationships with, we're out there actively finding the deals, sourcing the deals, putting the deals together, you know, building the team and, and securing the debt. And uh, we're also building relationships with passive investors who are looking to invest their real estate, invest their money in real estate, excuse me, but maybe don't have the time to be hands-on or, or really don't want to. Um, it's just not for everybody, right? So um, so if anybody wants to participate in that, you know, we, we look to build a relationship first and understand who you are as an investor, what your investor goals are. And then, you know, we, we love to tell our story and our investing thesis and what we do and the type of assets that we like to buy. And if it's a good fit for you, then we find a way that uh, we can find a, hopefully a future opportunity together. Nice, nice. And, and you got into real estate, was, was it because of, of the kids, because of the family you wanted? Like a lot of people talk about the why of doing something. Like you gotta have a why, like why, why would you choose real estate? Like, is it because of the time? The, or because of the money or yeah you know when I first got into it, it you know it, it's a difference from where I first started versus now so when I first got into real estate I saw the path to wealth being going to work for the W-2 again you know climbing the corporate ladder getting a high seated position maybe going back and getting a graduate degree uh, but just continue to advance in the career ladder, right? And, and I looked at my parents who uh, were two very working class parents, definitely blue collar, but we still had a great upbringing. I mean, they provided everything for us as, as I'm the oldest of four boys. Um, but I saw what they didn't have and what we couldn't do growing up. And I was like, I don't want that for my kids and my family, right? So for me, I just, I saw this as like, look, how do I continue to build my wealth? How do I continue to expand my means, as Robert Kiyosaki likes to say, right? And so when I discovered Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I discovered the, the power of real estate investing, for me, it was a way of expanding my wealth, right? Expanding my means. But then along the way, you know, I did have my children and, and understanding how valuable that time is spending with them and those little moments that uh, you miss from having to go to work or you're having to be committed to somebody else's schedule, right? Um, as an employee. And I decided to do real estate uh, because I had a good why, just like Cody now, I didn't necessarily have the same why. Uh, I, didn't, I don't have any kids yet. My wife and I are hoping for some little ones soon, but uh, the why for me was more of creating that uh, generational wealth. And then also really working on projects that had a high, what I like to call as ROE, just return on effort. You know, just single family is a whole lot of effort. And to me, uh, the returns, at least at the time when I was entering the space in 2018, were starting to shrink, you know, to spend a lot of time and effort finding a deal, negotiating it, getting the debt, closing on it, hiring a contractor, renovating it, and then leasing it because I was particularly looking for rentals. For all that to be said and done, maybe you're getting 150 or 200 bucks a month in profit. Just didn't seem like a scalable model. So I wanted to work on something that had a higher ROE, return on effort. And so it led me into multifamily. But for me, it was always about with real estate in general, whether it was single family, multifamily, triple net, whatever. It was always about just, I would say, raising the bar just for my, my family's name and my family's legacy. 
just like Cody, my parents are blue collar workers. My mom was a stay at home mom. My dad's a small business owner and uh, they're lifelong renters. They've, they've never owned a home. So it was always one of my dreams to not only be able to buy them a home one day, uh, but just to show people if you put your time and your effort and your heart and your mind into something, what you can really do. You know, in real estate, we have a lot of limiting beliefs about, you know, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough experience. I don't know the right people. How am I going to buy that five, 10, 15, $20 million deal? I can't do that. But just trying to show people like, look, if you, all the things I just said, if you really focus on something, there's, there's no, there's no real limit to what you can do. So um, that's what I got, why I got into real estate. And it still continues to be my why along with my wife and uh, our, you know, our future family, of course. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I followed that same path. I started in the single family space like Cody it wasn't accidental. It was more intentional, but very quickly realized that it wasn't something that aligned with my personal personality. Uh, I'm a very business oriented person. I like scaling. I like growing. I like systems. And uh, it just seemed like a, um, it seemed like a challenge to get to that point in the single family space at the time. So pivoted over to multifamily, met our third partner, John, met Cody uh, in 2020, and then joined the Blue Oak, Blue Oak family. And uh, here we are looking at, you know, deals in Houston, San Antonio, and some other markets. Nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah, family, man. You got to, it's time. You got to open up your time, man, you know. So you've read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, of course, too, Brian, right? Oh, yeah. Who, who, I think we all many, have. How many times? <laughs> right? Yeah, a couple at least. Yeah. Any other books you recommend for uh for people trying to improve their mindset or or um jumping into the real estate game or sales or yeah you know. i mean there's way too many books um you could probably spend all day reading and you still would have books to read at the end of the day but uh i would say some books that kind of got my mindset or just business philosophy started in the real estate space in particular obviously rich dad poor dad's a big one uh, if you're looking to get into larger deals, syndication, uh, everybody knows uh, Joe Fairless's book, the best ever uh, syndication book is that I believe what it, what the name of it is. Um, if you're, if you're looking for other books around mindset, um, there's some great books by like Ryan Holiday, The Obstacles the Way, Ego is the Enemy, are two of his books that I'm really, uh, really keen on. They're just, you know, getting that mindset right. They're not real estate focused, but understanding that real estate's really hard. You're going to hit tons of walls, tons of obstacles, and you just got to keep pushing through it. And then not to have any ego, like don't get too big headed. Don't get too cocky. Don't get too high and mighty because we all know real estate has cycles. And if you're not positioning yourself properly uh, during these cycles and not buying good deals, like you can, you know, 2008 was just proof that somebody could snap their finger and you can lose everything. Right. Yeah. So um, I would say those are some books that I would recommend for anybody uh, interested in kind of getting their mindset and starting in the real estate space. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Real estate. Yeah. People snap your fingers. Like, so Texas is how hard is COVID hitting you right now for the, cause I know Californians like a lot is still shut down. I'm not really too familiar with what's going on in Texas. I've heard a couple Joe Rogan podcasts say it's a little more open, but other than that, how's it going over there? I would say, I mean, Cody, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, it's pretty much business as usual. I would say uh, here in Texas, obviously we struggled for quite a bit, just like most states did, but Texas is its own country. <laughs> I like to joke. 
Um, I wouldn't say we do our own thing, but definitely, uh, you know, it's definitely a, a Texan mentality and we're very strong. And I know here in Houston in particular, you know, we've just faced a lot of challenges over the last, let's just say five years between hurricanes and tropical storms. And we had the freeze this past year and uh, we're very, very resilient. So, uh, you know, we're very quick to bounce back on our feet. And we're also very, uh, we have that Southern hospitality that, you know, that Texas mindset. So it's always about helping your neighbor and, and just picking each other up. So here, I mean, things are pretty, pretty normal. I mean, you know, most people are still wearing their masks based on recommendations. Most businesses still ask that you wear a mask. Um, but we've been, uh, I think personally, like the, the whole process with vaccinations and just healthcare has been uh, improving since the beginning of the year. So businesses are open. Um, there's lots of, lots of deals on the market. Transactions are happening. People are still moving into places. Rents are still getting pushed. Uh, rents are still increasing. So it uh, looks like we're heading, uh, heading in a good direction. Yeah. Yeah. Rents increasing. All those Californians coming in, huh? <laughs> That's right. They're, they're popping up more and more frequently yes <laughs> yeah you know la and san francisco is like sky high yeah owning like from growing up in san francisco owning a house there is like impossible you gotta move like an hour away and still like rent for one of one bedroom converted garage basement like it's like two thousand dollars a month like and that's out of the city like yeah well not only from the price or the cost basis but also from the the tenant laws right it's a very tenant friendly state and as yeah. a business owner that becomes very challenging when you can't you know evict the tenants that are taking advantage of of your dwelling right when they're not paying rent and they know they're not paying rent when they probably could and you can't get those guys out. I mean, it's affecting you and your operations and ultimately affecting the community as a whole, because if you as the business owner can't cover your mortgage, you know, you're not going to be allocating the right resources into improving the property or the community. You're going to be wor more worried about how do I keep the lights on? And that's a lot of headache, I think, for a business owner. And that's why I think we're seeing a lot of migratory patterns into the Midwest states like Texas that are very business friendly, that are very much more. Uh, in favor of the business owner um, and, uh, you know, and then plus to, you know, some of our corporate taxes and such are different. Um, again, leaning very heavily on the business owner side and, and whatnot. And, and the, for us in Houston, I mean, for a large metro area, I mean, the affordability here compared to some of your other metro areas is quite, quite reasonable. So although I feel like it's kind of maybe creeping up a little bit uh, as far as how, how expensive things are getting, but Overall, I mean, you know, you can reallocate or relocate from, you know, California, New York, come to Texas and really live much more. Um, you can live, I guess, more extensively on the same means that you came from. So, yeah, yeah. And, um, and everyone's going to, to working online and everyone's, you know, figuring out how to not work not drive to work and you know so that i mean the taxes everything i i can see why everyone wants to move to texas just it seems like that's the way to go and you're attracting people over there so do you have do you have apartments do you have apartments outside houston or is it all in houston 
Yeah, so again, right now our, our 240 unit deal is here in Houston, uh, and that's our first acquisi active acquisition on the general partnership side. Um, you know, we don't have any uh, assets outside of this market. We are looking, as you mentioned earlier in the bio, you know, we're looking at East Tennessee, Kansas City as well. We're looking at some secondary markets around some of the primary markets here in Central Texas. So. Uh, you know, for us, we're willing to travel and go where the opportunities make sense, uh, especially when it comes to bringing the right opportunities to our investor database. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it's really, I feel like it's hard to find good deals in any, any market you go to right now. It's just the level of competition is so steep. And uh, I think most people like us are probably getting kind of irritated with competing against 30 other bids in these primary markets. So we're seeing a lot of competition now moving into the secondary and tertiary markets. And, um, and we're seeing a lot of competition in those areas. So, but, uh, but from a passive perspective, uh, again, I mentioned to you, I'm, I'm a passive investor in 120 units and I'm passively invested in Phoenix, Arizona, mm -hmm. you know, love Phoenix. It's a great market. I'm not going to go build an active footprint there, but from a passive perspective, it allows me to expand my portfolio and be in a market that um, otherwise I would not, be looking at and our partner john he's passive investor in 2000 plus doors across nine different deals across multiple different states and uh you know so it, it just uh, really allows him to diversify your portfolio you know so i i encourage people when you when it comes to trying to find acquisitions if you're only comfortable staying in your backyard that's great but if you're willing to kind of travel outside of that i mean you got to go where the deals make sense especially in this very very competitive market cycle yeah yeah arizona nice place man i love the desert yeah i went out to let's see tempe tempe area is really nice phoenix yeah yeah that, that would be a good place yeah the rents there are a lot lower huh i think when i went there they're offering first first month free rent for, to just get tenants in there when I went out, but that was probably like 10 years ago, at least. Yeah, I, I would definitely say the landscape in that area has definitely changed. I mean, you know, Phoenix and as a whole has just really experienced this robust growth over the past several years, and it, it's continued to forecast it to uh, continue that growth, right? And so, um, you know, we've been seeing, you know, six, six percent rent growth year over year. Um, COVID things slowed down, everybody took a pause, but then it picked right back up. And I mean, you're just seeing this just massive migratory pattern, job growth. Uh, you know, they've got a great diversified economy there. And, and what's happening is, is the local secondary markets around those areas, places like um, uh, Tucson, Arizona, are experiencing some of that overflow into those secondary markets because Phoenix is just growing so much. So, um, you know, there's a lot of great opportunity there. But it's hard to buy. I mean, you're buying at a three cap in Phoenix. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. Yeah. But it's a beautiful place, man. It's like not crowded walk around downtown and you're not bumping into people. And that's for sure. I, I really liked it there. Something about the desert. It's got that like romantic sunset and quietness. It's great. It's great. Yeah, so let's see. Do you guys do you guys have anything you want to talk about about the um about how how do you guys 
see the future going for the next couple of years of uh, real estate? Everyone's talking about there's a bubble right now. What do you think? Brian, you got to whip out your crystal ball. Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had one. I lost it. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I think that's the big elephant in the room that always comes up, right? It's what, what's the future going to hold? And I mean, I think the reality is, is nobody knows. I mean, right. you can talk to 10 different experts and you're going to get 10 different opinions, right? And I would definitely you know, say Brian and I, are, we consider ourselves pretty smart guys, but we're definitely not experts in any means. I, I think I think that we can continue to ride out our current circumstance for a lot longer than what people probably think, uh, you know, with our monetary policy, quantitative easing, I think that that could sustain for a lot longer than a lot of people do anticipate. And so with that, I do think that we're going to remain in a low interest rate environment for the next few years. I do think that we're still going to see a lot of liquidity in the market. So we're going to see an increase in the competition. So cap rates are going to remain low. Um, so I think um, we're probably going to ride this cycle out for the next several years. Now, long term, what happens? I don't know. Again, I, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not the one to, to uh, have any really educated input on that. But, um, but I do think that the level of competition we're seeing now and the current environment, uh, I think we're going to sustain this for some time. So I still think it's a great time to buy. Um, but it's also going to be very, very competitive as well. So nice. Yeah. Well, that's a good outlook, man. We need positivity, positivity. All right. So let's wrap it up. But I wanted, I like to play a little word association game. I'll say a word. You could say one word. You could go off on a tangent, whatever you want. You can say a sentence, but just a quick, Word association game, I'll, I'll just throw it at you guys. Um, let's start with Brian, okay? Uh, Brian, uh, the word is Texas. Big. Mm, nice. <laughs> That's a good one, right? Nice. That's very good. All right. Let's see. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, Cody, uh, comfort zones. Break them, get Break out of them. Yeah. That's where success happens when you get out of your comfort zone. If you're in your comfort zone, you're not doing it right. You got to get uncomfortable every day. Yep. Yep. I agree. That's what I've been doing lately. Um, let's see. Brian, uh, mindset. Uh, that's a great one. I would say I'll use the phrase sharpen the saw, you know, just be constantly working on improving your mindset every day. You know, even if it's, if you make 1% improvement every day, you know, there's 365 days in a year. That's a 365% improvement year over year. It's a slow process, but just be sharpening that saw, work on your mindset. Nice. Nice. I like that. Okay. Uh, Cody, um, single family rentals. Avoid it skip through single family, go straight to multifamily. <laughs> um, you know, listen, I think in, in real estate in general, it doesn't matter where you start. The most important part is just getting started. If you want to start in single family, great. Just keep leveling up as you grow. But if you really want to look to scale a big business and, and you really want to build a team around you, you don't have to start with single family. You can go straight to multifamily and, um, and you'll be welcomed with open arms from this community that we have. So 
Cool. Um, then Brian will do um, multifamily. Uh, that's a good term. Um, there's so many words. I would use. I'm going to use the word focus. Uh, if you're in multifamily, you know, focus on that one asset class and just put your head down and go to work. Just like anything else, it takes time. You're not going to wake up rich. It's not an overnight success story. Getting your business off the ground could take you 12, 24, 36 months. But uh, if you focus, you're going to find that you know there's a lot of there's a lot of fruit uh, to be gained in multifamily. A lot of a lot of uh, a lot of wins to be had. Nice, nice. Big tree, a lot of fruit. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, Cody. One more uh, rat race. Rat race. Oh. Everybody's following the rat race script, right? I mean, I think that, you know, if you enjoy what you're doing and, and you enjoy your W-2 position, that's fine. But I think if you're, if you're looking to really take control of, of life and live life on your own terms, you got to get out of the rat race. And so you got to become your own, you know, your own um, boss. Uh, boss yeah thank you <laughs> sorry i lost my words there but yeah i mean you know you got to take control of your time and, and you can't let anybody else tell you what your time and effort's worth you know so go out and build your business no matter what it is if it's real estate if it's uh, retail don't matter you know just st- again step out of those comfort zones you know put yourself out there go build your own brand and your own business and you know break the break the chain yeah man break those chains mm-hmm all right, guys, let's, um, you guys want to plug your your company one more time or anything you want to say before we wrap it up? Yeah, I really appreciate the conversation, Damien. This has been fun. Really like the word association too. I think that, that's really yeah. cool. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, man, listen, Brian, John, uh, Brian and myself, excuse me, we're two parts of this uh, trio here at, at Blue Oak Capital. So if you want to connect with us, learn more about what we're doing, Again, make sure to check us out, www.blokeinvest.com forward slash Y real estate. If you want to learn more about multifamily investing and how you could potentially partner with us or just learn about the industry in general, check out our podcast, The Prosperity Through Multifamily Real Estate Investing Podcast. We're streaming on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, and Spotify. And um we also host a live and virtual meetup. Um, so you can check out our Facebook page, the South Texas Multifamily and More uh, Meetup Community, where we do a lot of educational content posting throughout the group. We also announce our live and virtual meetups uh, as well. So look forward to catching up with you and networking you through those venues as well. So we're not hard to find. Not hard to find. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, that's a good another point. Yeah, we're Brian and I are very, very active on social media as well, LinkedIn in particular. So you can find us on LinkedIn and we'd be happy to engage and, and connect with you. Nice. Nice. Cool. All right, guys. Hey, nice talking to you. Good luck. Keep it going. And um and uh we'll we'll hopefully we'll talk again soon, one way or another. Enjoyed it. Thanks, David. All right, looking guys. forward to it. Appreciate Thank you having you. us. No problem. <laughs> See you later. On the next episode of the Real Estate Masters Summit podcast. Ever. Yeah. I think sometimes people get so caught up in each sale. For me, I'm organically looking to create a community of people that I want to thrive in, you know, actually engage with, help, 
And then it's not so much about sales. A lot of people who are on my page are all over the world. And for them, it could be, hey, Nicole, do you know somebody that's in Tennessee or that's in you know, Denver, Colorado that could help me similar to what you're doing? And as the Instagram has been in play, it's just evolving into something different. But I think by doing that, I'm creating those conversations with people and authentically showing up and wanting to help, not just, is this a sale and just throwing it away. I think that's where most people kind of lose folks online because they lose that social media, that social part of being in social media. For me, I'm not going to do that. I don't care if you have 20 followers or 200,000. If it's real, then I'm going to connect with you. And that's just it. 